Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and happy Friday. Uh, we got a wonderful show for you guys tonight. Uh, it's the No Huddle Show. Back at you for another Friday edition. Um, Mike, this is Sam. What's going on, guys? How's it ha- how's it hanging on a Friday? Oh man, I'm super excited. By, by the way, I wanted to tell you. So we're going on this little uh, safari thing, Sam. Uh, taking the kids in a couple weeks, uh, doing this little drive-through safari, and uh, I was, you know. Apparently, they got all kinds of stuff that you can see from the safety of your car, giraffes, um, rhinos, all kinds of stuff. So, is your question, what do you tell the kids when you see two rhinos humping? No, no. I was okay, thinking, okay. actually, right. you know, like, what animal that I would have the best chance of facing off with, you know, one-on-one? Um, I was thinking I would like to take my chances, frankly, with, with the rhino, other than the jungle cat, I think a rhino. I know they got horns, but I feel like they're kind of slow. I feel like, dude, a rhino runs forty-five miles per hour. I hope you realize that. How, how fast? Forty-five miles per hour. No, nah, I don't buy it. I don't buy top it. speed. Top speed. No, I'm not What's buying it. No, I'm not buying it. I don't buy it. No chance. No chance. I, I, so, so wait a second. What would you? On a safari, if you had to face off against something, and don't tell me, like, giraffe or, like, ostrich, something, you know, like, come on, man, grow some, grow some balls. Tell me, tell me something. Would you rather take your chances with a cheetah? Hell no. Hell no. A cheetah? Are you out of your mind? A cheetah? Bro, I'd get I, – if, if, I, if I was going to take a shot with the cheetah, there's only one thing I would do is I would get high with the cheetah like Harold and Kumar did, and I would try to – you know, use it for a ride around the safari instead of my car. Uh, uh, that's a pretty good idea. Although a cheetah in, in North Jersey, you know, I, I'm not buying that either. But you know, that's true. That's true. Um, but then again, mind you, the the whole thing was not actually filmed in Jersey at all. Only parts of it was. That's true. That's yeah. true. Anyways, but, um, uh, so the animal that I would take a shot with, I have to say, a giraffe. Man, I'm sorry. No, I could, uh, that thing is that, that that thing is so big that I could probably just slide underneath its legs and run away from it or some shit, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's no way I'm taking like anything with horns. I'm not taking I'm not taking anything that with venom. Uh, yeah, no, thank you, bro. No, thank you. So by the way, Rhino's... Yeah, so I just sent you I just sent you a a, a picture of what the the speeds are. It goes up to 38, you know. So it's it's faster than you. Let me put it to you that way. Yeah, but I think I'm more mobile. I'm pretty sure that I don't have to outrun it. Are we really having a hypothetical discussion about which whether you would be king of the jungle against the rhino or not? Yeah. That's, that's okay. What, what a way to start off Friday show then. I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess that's that's uh, that's a good good little bit. I, yeah. I wouldn't take the rhino because there's literally there's no room for error when that horn is coming towards you. If you're off by a half a centimeter, it's taking you out. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know you're not necessarily afraid of long, hard things coming at you usually, but uh, wah wah wah. Where's your sound button, bro? Press it. <laughs> fucking wait. Useless ass joke. Yeah, terrible joke. Terrible fucking joke. <laughs> All right. All right. So, as we've gotten that out of the way, as we've wasted some time there talking about <laughs> uh, rhinos and which African safari uh, animals we'd best uh, take a chance with. I want to talk a little bit college football. Yesterday, they officially kicked off the season for week one. Um, and then Saturday, we got, a, we got a whole slew of really quality games on store, for, for especially for a week one. Uh, uh, you know, we usually don't see this in college football. We see this in college basketball all the time. You'll see, like, Duke, Kentucky, uh, North Carolina, and, you know, um, and Oklahoma. Or you might see, you know, like Michigan State. Uh, you know, Syracuse. We we don't get these types of matchups in college football typically because everybody's afraid to take a loss early in the season. But last night, though, 
for the official week one. We had a great game. Ohio State went to Minnesota. We got our first look at C.J. Stroud, who's now taking the reins for the Buckeyes. Uh, the Buckeyes have an abundance of riches on their team all over the field, but their defense couldn't, didn't really seem to have an answer for what the Golden Gophers were doing. Um, the Gophers actually uh, led by Mohamed Ibrahim, who suffered a lower leg injury um, late in the third quarter. But listen to this, uh, Sam. Ibrahim went out in the third in the third quarter. And at that point when he went out, he had 30 carries for 163 yards and two touchdowns. That sounds like like video game numbers, actually. Yeah. So he was he was carrying the ball real well. Uh, Mayan Williams for Ohio State went off. Uh, nine nine carries, 125 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then the not even four. double digit carries. Good God. Yeah, not even double digit. So that was Ohio State. Mayan Williams is a top prospect. Uh, and then they got just fantastic receivers, but led by Chris Olave, who had four catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Olave's probably the next big Ohio State receiver to go to the league. Um, I, I think he's going to be possibly better than uh, or on the same level as Michael Thomas. Once he, gets, he has very smooth route running, and he's got great hands. But you know, I wanted to see Ohio State's a top four team. They lost Justin Fields. I wanted to see how they responded. Stroud looked pretty good, uh, but that defense for Ohio State giving up thirty one on uh giving up thirty one uh total uh to Minnesota. That's too many, po- that's too many points against like a, a team that probably shouldn't score that many points. Well, Minnesota's going to be very good. Uh, Minnesota's sneaky good this year. Um, I I thought Minnesota could be a team that has a chance to win the Big Ten West and play in the Big Ten title game. But it wasn't – I wasn't expecting – now, granted, it's week one, and it's a tough matchup. But – Hey, let me ask you a quick question. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Uh, Have the Golden Gophers always been historically like a a good team, good offense, uh, you know, predicated on foundation? There's been ups and downs. Minnesota was a powerhouse in the 30s and 40s. They won like nine national titles in uh, in that like a 15 year span. Okay, then they they then they kind of lulled themselves away. They kind of became irrelevant, which is what's happening in Nebraska. And then Glenn Mason took the job at Minnesota. He had guys like Marion Barber and Lawrence Moroni, if you remember those guys. And and Minnesota. Oh yeah, I do. I do. Minnesota for the past 25 years has basically been a team that will usually win anywhere between seven and nine games, but they're not a serious threat for the national title. And I still feel that way now. They're, they're, P.J. Fleck has a pretty good team. This isn't a team that's going to go 11-1, and 12-0. They might. Does, does Nebraska beat them if they play them? Nebraska has no – right now, after what I saw from in Nebraska's first game against Illinois, they, they have no prayer against Minnesota. No prayer. Not – so, wow, no love for Nebraska, huh? No, uh, not until they show me otherwise. But, yeah, uh, Minnesota's got a pretty good squad. I think they could easily win nine games this year, and they gave Ohio State all they wanted. And, I, you know, <clears throat> the Buckeyes, the, what's been their M.O. under Ryan Day has been that in the early season, if you get Ohio State early, you got a shot to at least keep it close or, or possibly pull an upset. Ohio State under Ryan Day doesn't really start hitting their stride until about the sixth or seventh game, right? So if you can't... and why do you why do you think that? Just out of curiosity, is it just because uh, the, I don't know they just get it together too late? You know, it takes time for them to get it together, or or when, when you got all this young talent, I think sometimes you just need a couple weeks to kind of get your schemes sorted out, right? And you need to get got it, got it. experience. Because Ohio State has basically been an NFL factory along with Alabama and a few other teams, right? And uh, I, I think Ohio State doesn't play soft schedules like Alabama does. Typically. Well, no, yeah, they don't play soft at all. No way. And uh, I, I think that's why you see, in the, you know, the first, like, four or five weeks of the season, teams might put up more points than they normally would later in the year because um, uh, they're kind of still getting used to things and they're still kind of getting in – kind of in the mid-season form, right? 
their offense is always there. So I, I really do feel like their offense can carry them uh, the first couple weeks. But if you look at last year, right, um, Rutgers, Rutgers, who was not good at all last year, scored 27 points on the Buckeyes. Surprise, but, surprise. Yeah, in the third game of the season. Okay. You know, Penn State lost 38-25. to 25. Uh, Nebraska was actually winning at one point before basically marched out of the stadium later on. But, they, you know, the, the, the defense for uh, Ohio State really kind of came to – but they, yeah, look, they only played five regular season games last year before the Big Ten title game because Illinois had to be canceled due to COVID. Michigan was canceled due to COVID. It was Maryland. So last year wasn't a really good season, a sample size. But if you look at what I'm saying, I was saying usually by weeks, you know, by the fifth or sixth game, they're kind of, their defense starts hitting their stride. Well, if you look at it last year, they're, uh, they're, uh, fifth game was against Michigan State. They only allowed 12 points. Against Northwestern, they only allowed 10 points. Okay? Then they get to the playoffs. So the defense will figure it out by this fifth or sixth game, what works for them, what's their weaknesses, what's their strengths, what coverages can they play better against? Typically, yeah. It seems that way for Ohio State. Yep. And and so, I, you know, I'm not too concerned about what I saw. I was more impressed with what I saw from Minnesota than I was for Ohio State. Uh, I thought as long as Ohio State could get out of there without taking the L, uh, they would be fine. Was uh, Minis- is, is Minnesota ranked or no? Uh, they were not ranked to start the season, but I, I feel like they were kind of hideously underranked. So, but so, Ohio. So State, they belong in the top twenty-five, in your opinion? I, I think so. I, I thought okay. they belong in the preseason top twenty-five for sure. Uh, but you look at Ohio State's schedule. After next week, which is a big home date against Oregon, okay, that's next Saturday, the 11th, they got a pretty nice, easy stretch before they get into the meat of their schedule. They get Tulsa, Akron, at Rutgers, home against Maryland. And then they get a bye week before they get into the meat of their schedule at Indiana, Penn State, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. So I I think if they make it past Oregon, they're obviously going to be – you know, undefeated going to that big tilt with Indiana, who is a preseason top 25 team. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's take a look at some of our, uh, let's look at some of the games that we got upcoming uh, for this Saturday and we can discuss them a little bit and let's make some picks. So sounds like a plan then. First game. I want to uh, pick Wisconsin at noon. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Wisconsin. Okay. And I think that they just have a little bit more of an experienced squad than Penn State does. Um, And, again, so Wisconsin, in my opinion, has always been historically good at running the ball, right? And I'll ask your your, your opinion on it. How how do you see their run game translate this year? I I think they're they're very good. Uh, Let me tell you a little something about Wisconsin that not a lot of people know. Uh, their athletic director, Barry Alvarez. Oh, uh, well, I know Barry. Barry came from – he was on. He was in Michigan, wasn't he? A bit? No, Barry Alvarez played at Nebraska. Oh, but where did he coach? Didn't he also coach? No, he coached – he's always coached at Wisconsin. Always? Oh, wow. Yeah, always coached. So he's athletic director there now. Barry Alvarez took basically the blueprint of what Nebraska football used to be, and he put it at Wisconsin, meaning – um. Wisconsin is a team that wins like 10 games, 9, 10 games every year, right? They always have a great offensive line. They always have solid running backs. That's what Nebraska used to be uh, back in the day. And then, uh, you know, we got spoiled. People got spoiled when we won three national titles in four years. But what Wisconsin is, they are very sound in every aspect. They're sound defensively. They don't, they don't beat themselves. They have a nice play-action pass game that's predicated off the run. And then they all, they have – you know, just turn and burn offensive linemen and running backs. And they got a good uh, – they got a good ground game. They got a nice quarterback who I thought played decently well last year as a true freshman, Graham Mertz. Uh, but they, they their recruiting has stepped up quite a bit. Uh, and and uh, most uh, – recently they got this uh, – they got this kid, Jalen Berger, who was a really nice uh, uh, recruit. Uh, coming in there 
And they, I mean, I, they're pretty loaded. They got a lot of pieces back. Um, I, I like Wisconsin, especially early. Um, State, man, their they're, last year was kind of an aberration. Uh, but I, I'm with you on this one, man. I, I like Wisconsin as well, especially at home. Yeah, I think I think home, in a way, really does make a huge difference in college, more so than it would in the NFL, I would say. And, and the reason why is because you can have a, a very good, like a well-constructed team like the Green Bay Packers, for instance, right? And whether they're home or away or like the Chiefs, whether they're home or away doesn't necessarily tilt the tables in, in, in anyone's favor. Yes, you'd prefer to be home, granted, but um, I think in college, like, it could really change the outlook of the game, whether you're home or you're away. Yeah, because there's definitely home field advantage in college, for sure. Um, next game, uh, let's look at Alabama versus Miami at a neutral site. Um, Did you want me to make a pick there, or did yeah, you want to yeah. just assume what the who's going to be, be my pick? I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead and make the pick. Uh, uh, do you think I was going to pick uh, not pick Alabama? <laughs> well, you know, I was giving you the chance. No, bro. No effing way. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's not happening. I mean, Alabama is Alabama, right? I'm going to tell you what, though. I mean, I, Alabama's the pick. But remember, they got a new quarterback. They got new receivers that they got to break. Oh, in. that don't mean shit, bro. They're the Patriots of the of the NCAA, man. Almost. Canes are loaded, man. Now these are not the Miami Hurricanes of the early 2000s with Ed Reed and Sean Taylor and Jeremy Shockey and Kellen Winslow and all those guys. And not... Was it Frank Gore on that squad? What's that? Yeah, Wasn't Frank, Frank Gore on that squad. Dude, Frank Gore was on that squad. Frank Gore was the fourth string running back. Jesus. At one point in time, it was Clinton Portis who was the starter. Oh, right, right, right. Obviously another star, yep. Then you had Willis McGay who, who was Also a star. Yeah, who was backing him up, okay? Yep. Then at, at the other running back position, I believe you had Najee Davenport. And then, oh. you had, and then you had Frank Gore. Good guy. And the receivers. So you're still going with Miami. I'm not going with Miami. Upset. Not right now, but I'm telling you, this game is going to be a lot closer than I think a lot of people are expecting. The, the Eric King, the transfer from Houston, uh, he got his feet wet last year uh, with Miami, had a nice season. He, he's back. He's got another year under his belt. Right. I think this game's going to be pretty close. Now, Miami fans have been wanting Miami to get back to being the U for a while. For a while. Right. Uh, but – if they if somehow Miami beats Bama, the U is back, but I don't see it yet. So I'm going with Bama. All right. I, I wouldn't again, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick it. I wouldn't pick Miami, I'm sorry. All right. Uh our next game, Indiana at Iowa. So number seventeen Indiana at number eighteen Iowa. Who you got? So Indiana is, you said, creeped up into the top 25, right? Yeah, and they had a really good year last year. Okay, okay. Two, seven. And I don't know much about these programs, to be completely, brutally honest with you. I don't know much about these programs. I, I have seen both these teams play on more than one occasion. But, um, I mean, I, I'll have to just do a quick coin toss. And, uh, I mean, I'll have to go with Indiana, I guess. So I'll just take a... Take a swing. I'm going to go with Iowa. I think uh, Indiana, uh, while we'll still be a decent team this year, they are overrated uh, this year. I think uh, I think they got they lucked out from a COVID season last year. Um, so I'm going with Iowa, who I think is going to be very tough this year. Um, we got two more games to pick. Uh, the next one we got is. Um, Surprisingly, some uh, which we'll call it. Um, some people think this might be kind of close. I'm not sure. We got LSU at UCLA. Oh, sorry, I was talking on mute, man. So LSU, LSU at uh, UCLA, huh? Yeah. So I've watched LSU. Obviously, they're a great 
They've been a great team. Actually, what, their head coach, remind me his name again? Ed Orgeron. Yep. He he kind of changed the program around when he came a couple years ago, didn't he? I don't know if I – changed the program around is kind of a strong word. Uh, okay. They were already at an elite level when he came. Um, and he he didn't really elevate it. He caught lightning in a bottle the one year with Joe Burrow uh, mm-hmm. when they went defeated and won the national title. But if you look at his track record, the last couple seasons, they've all been about the same thing. Uh, I see. So, I see. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to stick with LSU. Okay. I know I know you you probably pick UCLA. Well, UCLA is not ranked, but I'll tell you what. Their squad is nice, huh? Very good. And it's Chip Kelly's fourth season. I am going to pick UCLA for the upset. Okay. Okay. I mean, you have a ranked and an unranked, right? So yeah. I, I I think you, the like, I think LSU is like a two and a half point favorite. Yeah. If, if I'm not correct, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but hey, I'm I'm going with the favorite, I guess, in this scenario because, like I said, with COVID last year, I really didn't keep an eye on college football until it was like, hey, these guys are NFL talent. So that's when I was just like, oh, okay, let sure. me take a look. So yeah. there's a couple other good games. I mean. Well, a yeah, couple yeah. unranked games, right? There's some the last, good unranked games. Yeah, the last one we're going to pick is Georgia versus Clemson. Yes, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, that's the last game we're picking. This is a big-time matchup. Um, I like Georgia in this one mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, Clemson, of course, is replacing uh, Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, I J, Georgia's got JT Daniels back. they got a pretty loaded team. Um, obviously, this has big playoff implications. Um, and, Clemson, and Clemson is the favorite, right, in this scenario? Clemson is the favorite, and they're ranked number three. <clears throat> wow, okay. Interesting. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with the underdog on this, and I'm going to go ahead with, with uh, Georgia as well. I, I think they got um, – they got uh, Clemson got kind of uh, lucky with having Trevor Lawrence there the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Obviously, a really good quarterback plays very well in, in the college system. Whether he, it's going to translate to full NFL success is yet to be seen. But, um, uh, yeah, I think that Clemson squad, uh, I, they're favored because they were – it's a good team, right? It still is a good team. Clemson yeah. still has uh, a couple of stars, right? But are they missing anybody, you know, important? It's, it's early, so there's not, uh, there's not um, anybody that's missing. It's not like this is going okay. to happen. You know, a couple, um, you know, weeks into the season uh, where you might have injuries. Nope, everybody's ready to go. Okay, yeah. So I, I like Georgia, man. I think Clemson's going to um, go down the rankings, and Georgia's going to go up. Excellent. So uh, before we get to our next segment, uh, we're going to take a quick break and with a word for our sponsor, uh, Buzz Brewing, uh, one of the very first CBD-infused beers. Uh, we are anxiously awaiting our sample pack from Buzz Brewing, but hey, Buzz Brewing, come on, man, guys! If you listen to this, hurry up! Yeah, hurry up! We're ready to go, but Buzz Brewing, we're uh, excited to sample your product. I'm excited. I've never tried CBD infused beer, so I'm kind of excited to see what that's like. But Buzz Brewing, uh, one of the very first to hit the market, CBD infused beer. Check them out, guys. And with that note, I'm playing the song. You know what time it is. Just got an ounce in the mail. All right, guys. Welcome to another edition of uh, No Huddle with Mike and Sam. This is Sam's Chronic Corner. We're going to be running it on Fridays. So um, the Chronic Corner, we kind of discuss uh, a lot of different topics, uh, some cannabis-related, some not, some about the stigma of, of what cannabis uh, is perceived as by sports uh, players, by basketball players, football players, baseball players. And then, and then obviously you have your, your upper echelon of, of actors, Hollywood actors and, and uh, you know, musicians, right? So <clears throat> this, this edition of, of, of Chronic Corner, I want to look at some of the uh, marketing strategies that are being moved into the cannabis industry and, and how it relates to sports. So 
Gary Payton just unveiled um, a, a strain um, that he has grown. And for those that don't know what a strain is, it's like a particular flavor of a lollipop. So this is a flavor of cannabis or a version of cannabis that that uh, that Gary Payton has signed off on, and it's being uh, marketed as as, as uh, Gary Payton. Larry, there's a Larry Bird strain. I don't know if Larry signed off on it. I'm pretty sure Larry didn't because he's from French Lick, Indiana. Um, but uh, anyways, so these stars, Al Harrington, actually I've been to Al Harrington's uh, retail stores here in Detroit and Michigan, and he's been in the cannabis industry for about 10 years. Why I choose to bring this up is because I'm kind of piggybacking off our last uh, segment where Katie is now like openly supporting, Kevin Durant is openly supporting weed maps. So, uh, Mike, I mean, I know you, you probably don't have – the technical knowledge as to strains and, and varieties and symptoms yep. and whatever, whatever you call it. But do you think it's a good idea to, for, for some of these sports stars to be like, Hey, uh, you know, we have, uh, this is a marketing cannabis now or a CBD product for that matter. Since we shouted out buzz brewing the CBD product. What, what do, what's your thoughts on that? I don't have a problem with it. I think if they want to get behind it, we all know that, I think the NBA is a little bit more liberal with this. The NBA doesn't test for weed. This isn't the NFL. Um, the NBA has more liberal ownership, I, I should say, I guess. Um, you know, the NFL is very strict. Uh, they don't want anything tarnishing, tarnishing the shield. So I, I, I couldn't see anybody from, like, the NFL – uh, endorsing CBD or marijuana products. So you see, so that's it's so it's funny that you say it because um, right now Calvin Johnson is heavily marketing his own brands of, of cannabis and CBD but he's products. In the, and he's in so that, yeah, so that brings up the good point. So now once you've left the NFL, you've left Major League Baseball, you've left uh, the NBA for that matter, um, the Gary Paytons, the uh, Al Harringtons of the world they are the ones that are kind of pioneering this effort and moving forward with, um, you know, you know, using their market and their branding for this particular market. You will never see a current player do that openly. KD actually kind of broke down some of the stigmas by doing it to be first, to be truly honest. But um, KD also a superstar on a whole, like, you correct, know. Correct. Whole different platform, right? Yeah, it's a little bit different than – compared to, like, someone who's, like, 11th man on the bench, right? You know, so, but, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I don't, I think the NBA, regardless, would be okay with it. They, like I said, a lot of their owners are not, like, button up, you know, like, super. Yeah, you're right. Kind of guys. The NFL, those guys, that's old. The NFL, I feel like, is more old money, and the NBA is new money. Like, think about just, like, the owners Mm-hmm. The Rooney family uh, for the Steelers, or the Mara family for the Giants, or like they've been around forever. Yeah, or Robert Kraft, you know, Jerry Jones. These guys all came for money and are old. Even players. Arthur Blank, for that matter, right? Even Arthur Blank, who started Home Depot to an right. extent, yeah. But like, I don't, I, I would, you know, I don't want to get political here. But if I had to guess. I bet you. Well, I mean, see, this is the only part of our no huddle show where you can get political because the chronic corner is you can discuss anything you want and have any view you want, and you're not going to be ostracized for it. My guess is NFL owners probably all vote Republican, and I bet you there's at least at least a good ten or twelve NBA owners that vote Democrat. So, uh, you know. That's as PC as we're going to get, I guess. Huh? Yeah, that's as PC as we're going to get. In certain sports, you can get away with CBD. I think NHL and NBA uh, are definitely ones where you could get away I with I think it. any high-contact sport where you have an anti-inflammatory, uh, and again, in the form of THC or CBD, right? But I'm, I'm just saying NFL, um, I don't think the players could get away with being an active NFL player and, and sponsoring something Sponsoring like that. a cannabis product. Uh, NBA – NBA, NHL, I think you could. I also don't think with Major League Baseball you could get – because Major League Baseball is such an, like, an old head sport. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think so much of their fans – You don't think watch. the newer generation of players, like your, your Vlad Jr. and your Fernando, and these guys can kind of change the viewpoint of how you see it? They might, but I still feel like baseball is the same thing with NFL. A lot of those owners, the the teams have been passed down from generation to generation to generation. 
And I, I feel like it's old money in baseball as well. So. Okay, cool. <clears throat> All right, that was a quick little conversation on that. That's nice. Um, so, so going back to, uh, you know, I'm probably going to run another four or five minutes, Mike. So uh, the, our, my second topic for, for the corner is um, I think we did a uh, a pick of, of, you know, maybe top five cannabis-related movies, right? You and I yeah. had done that uh, prior. Uh, now the question is give me your top um, – give me your top three – cannabis-related uh, scenarios or situations that you were in. Again, enjoyable scenarios. Not It could be bad if you want to. It's up to you. Okay. Uh, but give me your top three. So where I was in and I smoked weed. So I'll tell you one thing. When I smoked weed, I never got paranoid. Never happened. Okay, I'm the super – usually when I smoked weed, all I would do is eat a lot and, and laugh and sleep. That's what I did. That was the most part. Anyways, um, one of them – I will, uh, one of them, number three, has to be we were over at a friend's house of mine. Her name was Jessie. It was actually her dad's house, okay? And we're all smoking. Her dad had a pet alligator. Whoa. And it wasn't a giant alligator. It was like one of those mini alligators, all right? But the thing was probably still like four feet, three or four feet long. Okay. That's still pretty big, bro. Tommy... Uh, my boy Tommy, who I think you've met Sam uh, several times, yep. uh, we were all smoking. And then on the dare, uh, we dared him to wrestle the alligator. And he did. No. We wrestled the alligator. Came out. Was he game. cut up? It was good. It was good. Uh, number number two uh, also involved Tommy. Um, hope he doesn't <laughs> Tommy's going to be a recurring theme. We got to get Tommy to call in one of these days, man. We got to get him. What's going on, Tommy? If you listen to this at any point, just you know, feel free to call in and talk some shit. <laughs> he's uh, he's a pretty busy guy, I guess. He's too cool now. But uh, anyways, <laughs> there had been a string of car break-ins at the apartment complex that me and Tommy lived in. Okay, so okay. one night we are out we're out at the bar. Okay, and we came home drunk and then we came home and we smoked some and we thought it would be a hell of an idea to roll around the parking lot of this giant complex in our car looking for the people breaking into cars oh no kind of some, vigila- some vigilante uh, uh yeah you know policemen <laughs> yeah like batman and deuce bag okay <laughs> um and so we're rolling around the, with the lights off, and there was a cop in the complex who also happened to be looking for people breaking in the cars, and he thought we were the ones breaking in the cars. So he pulls us oh, over. Oh, no. Pulls us over, okay? And I ended up talking myself out of any trouble. Although I do believe, now, Sam, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, because there's no way I was going to pass a breathalyzer, and I also reeked of marijuana. Did but they give you a field sobriety test? He did, but he let us go. He let us all go. Okay, let me go home. Because we were inside the apartment complex. We were just driving around the complex, right? We weren't outside of the apartment complex. Now, right. I isn't it because he technically couldn't give me a DUI because we were inside the apartment complex? Nope, that's actually completely wrong. So the okay. moment you could be parked, if, you're, if your engine is started, it's a DUI. Gotcha. Okay, so then he right. just left. He, he let you guys go because he, he's just like these high idiots are just being morons, and uh, it's okay. Let the let the kids be kids. You're probably like what, 21, 22? Uh, uh, 24, I think. Okay, that's same. Okay. It's still a kid. The cops, yeah. you guys are still kids. Uh, let's so. see. Last one. Yep. Last favorite that I can remember. Now, mind you, that's a big disclaimer here that I can actually remember. Shout out short-term memory loss. Yeah. Is me, Kyle, and Tommy got high, watched the World Cup. Then we went to the Chinese food buffet in Kentucky. We went there for lunch, and we stayed through dinner. Good Lord. So how much did you eat? How many pounds? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, awesome, awesome. Cool, man. Very cool. So we're going to wrap up the corner uh, for uh, for this Friday. Uh, 
if you can, Mike, take us out with some Cypress Hill. All right. Until next Friday, guys. Again, shout, well, one last thing, Mike, shout out uh, to Buzz Brewing. Guys, get your CBD beer over to us. Let us review it. Let some, some professionals uh, review it and let you know, you know, how good it is because we want to let the crowd know that, you know, this is a, a viable product to be ingested. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we are going to now cover – the NFL, our NFL playoffs, and our, super, our early Super Bowl predictions. Now is as good a time as any because the season starts next Thursday. I so, can't wait, bro. I cannot wait for the NFL season to start. I've been looking forward to it till, since the NFL season ended. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Um, we got to see if we can catch a Bengals game oh, on the low low. Let's see. Uh, first, uh, I want to talk about uh, there are – before we get into our playoff predictions and our Super Bowl picks, I want to say that I believe there's going to be two teams that are on my radar who won't make the playoffs, but they're going to surprise a little bit. And when I say surprise, I think they're going to be better than advertised. I, I think they're going to be in a lot of games. Uh, they just won't win enough to quite make the playoffs. Uh, that first team is the New York Jets. Hey, let's go. I think the Jets, if Zach Wilson's the real deal, I think he's good for at least three wins on his own. The defense did take a hit with the loss of Carl Lawson, but I'm uh, I'm pretty um, I'm pretty high up on. I think I I have the Jets winning seven games, going seven and ten this year. Okay, I would love I would love to see Zach Wilson air it out, make some mistakes, learn from the mistakes, but make them now. You know. Yeah. And the kid is like I said, Romo came out and and gave him. The ultimate stamp of approval. This guy is Mahomes esque, is what yeah. Romo's saying. And it's just, it's not just the the ability to throw a deep ball or the accuracy, or it's the decision making actually. And and he takes very, I think I mentioned this before. He takes very calculated gambles. Like his gambles are always more more times right than not. Is what I'm yeah. saying. Sure. So that sure. that gives him a, a little bit of a, a a jump on 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 defenses. I don't know, man. I'm, I don't. Again, I don't want to jinx myself or anything, but I, the kid is looking sharp. And for the first time in years, as a Jets fan, I can say that I'm excited to watch the season. Yeah. Well, I think I think they're going to surprise. I think they are going to be better than advertised. Um, I think seven and ten. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to be a playoff team, but I think if they were to go seven and ten, I think that leapfrogs them into next year where they can possibly take that leap and become a playoff team. Uh, the other team that I think will just miss the playoffs, but I think they're going to be very tough is the Chicago bears. Um, I have them going eight and nine um, in the North division. I, I think they'll pick up speed once Justin Fields becomes a starter, but yeah, see, have... there's that big if it's when do they decide to pull the Dalton experiment and, and to give fields the chance to run with it. That will determine how many games they really win. I think so. I agree too. And so those are my two teams that I don't think are going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a much tougher out than 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 other teams. I think those are very good teams. I think uh, uh, on that list, if we were just to just add, you know kind of increase, maybe add to that list, I would say that I would put Washington may may surprise some people because that defense is 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 there to stay, right? Okay. So. Um, I like yeah. I really do like Washington. I don't, again, they're not going I don't think they're going to make any real noise, but I think that Washington's a good team to watch cuz again, you can build upon it. They're a couple of pieces away from putting things together, you know. Yeah. Um and, and and one of their big things is who did they put in at QB. So, they can't run this experiment without a QB for much longer. You know, yeah. last year they trotted out Alex Smith coming off an injury. They had Colt McCoy, uh, not Colt McCoy. They had uh they had a bunch of, you know, they had Heinke come in. They had Fitzpatrick. Again, a loser situation. On that same list, I would also add the Dolphins. Dolphins may surprise people. Again, that defense is there to stay. That defense is serious. It's good. It's a very good defense, very disciplined defense. They don't have 
superstars besides uh, Howard and, and Byron Jones, they don't have – their corners are good, but they don't have any, like, big-time, prime-time names. They don't have a T.J. Watt, a Joey Bosa, a Nick Bosa. They don't have any guys like that. Right. But they're a very well-coached team. Again, Flores comes off of uh, Belichick's tree, and he comes more importantly, he comes off his defensive tree, right, coaching tree. So that so gives him – was a guarantee for success as we've seen a lot. I think so. I think so too. And I and I loved it when Rex Ryan run ran those Jets teams for for the years that the last yeah. time the Jets had any prominence whatsoever, the whole state of New Jersey was going crazy including myself. But again, predicated on defense. The thing is we ne- we never it was so predicated on defense that the offense never got any love and you babied Mark Sanchez to the point where he forgot how to throw the football, you know? And yeah. When when the defense left and, you know, things broke down and Rex is on his last rope, you're hoping Mark Sanchez is his savior, wrong person, man. Wrong yeah. person to put the hand, you know, the ball, hand the ball to. So, yeah, those are the, my two teams. I like Washington. I like the, I like the Dolphins um, yeah. as, like, good teams to watch that may be uh, fringe playoffs teams next year. You know, if they do well and they stack the right thing, they they, they draft well, maybe do some trades. Who knows? Um, so here I got my playoffs. Uh, this is my playoff seating. I have in the AFC, the Chiefs with the number one seed, the Bills with the number two seed, the Browns with the three seed, the Titans with the four seed, the Chargers with the five, the Dolphins taking the number six, and the Ravens taking the seventh seed. And in the NFC, I have Tampa Bay. Why is Ra- Why are the Ravens so low ranked for you? Just because they lost J.K. Dobbins? Because Lamar Jackson is there, too. I also think that division is going to be tougher this year. It is. It is a I tough division. It's always been a tough division. Baltimore's got to play six games against the Browns, the Steelers, and the Bengals. Okay? So, And, and, and like I said, division from uh, before, division divisional games are trap games for me. Because you can have the, 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 the worst team in the division, like the, like, the, uh, uh, like the Dolphins, that can beat the Patriots, you know, out of the blue. And then here's the – because they finished the season, the season last year number one, they get to play the number one schedule. So, also, they have to play – that division has to play the AFC West. So, they got to get the Chiefs and the Chargers, okay? Then they uh, they got to play the Dolphins. Uh, they got to play the Packers. They got to play the Rams. Um it's a tough schedule uh, for for Baltimore. Um, you know, they open the season at Las Vegas, then they got Kansas City, then they're at Detroit, at Denver, then you got Indianapolis, Los Angeles, uh, Cincinnati, then you got a bye week, then you got Minnesota, at Miami, at Chicago, Cleveland, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, Green Bay, at Cincinnati, then the Rams and the Steelers. So that's why I think. They're going to come back a little bit. I think ten and seven, maybe eleven and six, uh, is where I see the Ravens going. But the AFC is very top heavy to me, and I think the Steelers might be able to make the playoffs. I don't have them in my playoffs uh, right now, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't win ten games and might make it. So, I, you know, the Bengals are going to be improved this year. Uh, the Steelers are going to be a, a tough team. The Browns are good. I, so that's why I, I have the Ravens. When you look at it, Tennessee's probably going to do better than 10-7 and seven, uh, because they play in a trash division with Jacksonville, Houston, and Indianapolis. Uh, and, and they're – pretty good team but Tennessee also plays a fairly difficult uh but uh, yeah man I, I out of the AFC um I like I still like Kansas City to make it out and go to the Super Bowl for the third straight year uh on the NFL on the NFC side I have Tampa Bay as the number one seed I have San Francisco with number two why is San Francisco so high again because they have I'll, Jimmy G back I'll, I'll go to the uh, full seven real quick then All I'll right. tell you yep. I'm on San Francisco one, Tampa Bay, two, San Francisco, three, Green Bay, four, uh, the Washington uh, football team, five, the Rams, six, the Seahawks, seventh, I actually surprise make it Atlanta. Uh, Matt Ryan going for one last hurrah uh, in a weekend division uh, now that Drew Brees is gone. Uh, San Francisco, the reason I'm high on them at 12-5 and five is, now I'm not high on Jimmy G, I'm high on Trey Lance, and I'm high on what Kyle Shanahan can do. Um, they got Brandon Ayuk, who's going to take a leap. 
George Kittle should be back fully healthy. That defense is still stout. Um, I like the run game uh, with Trey Lance, and I believe they, they added a fairly underrated person who, who played pretty good in spots. Trey Sermon is a beast, by the way. He is, but didn't they also sign Wayne Gallman? Yeah, they just they, – I think – no, um, Gallman was actually released, and now he's the backup for – I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I'll tell you right this minute. Um, um, yeah, Gallman – see, the thing is, the problem with Gallman is that – Yeah, oh, he's, he's just – Falcons. He was, yeah. he was cut by the Niners. He was cut by the Niners, and he went to the Falcons because the Falcons dropped Quadri Allison. Okay. All right. So, but anyways, the, the Niners have um, some good backs there. Um, they're going to be healthy. They were snake-bitten last year uh, by tons of injuries. And now I don't even think it matters if Garoppolo plays or he doesn't play. Because uh, I think Trey Lance is the real deal. And that, yeah, So they got Raheem Mostert, Jermichael Hasty looks good in spots, and Trey Sermon. Uh, Debo Samuel comes back um, after missing a lot last year. I, I like this team. I like Kyle Shanahan. I think they're due to get back to a top three seed in the NFC and make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, I think all of that's all very predicated on how Trey Lance does once he's thrown into it. Like, I, I see a similar trajectory for Fields and Lance um, yeah. when it comes to see they're not the presumed starters on their teams respective teams right now so whereas Zach Wilson is the starter right so exposure is one thing right so immediate exposure right off the bat I think is great for a rookie to learn um but it depends on how these guys are actually going to be used if they're going to be kind of held back and uh monitored and maybe just uh uh checked out you know uh I think that really works you know Uh, when 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 Lamar Jackson replaced Flacco, right? Um, yeah. Like, I, I called it. I called it when they were – I was like, by week five, you know, Joe Flacco will not be the starting quarterback. I don't know why they're even playing this game. They should just give an attempt from day one. So, difference is Lance is injured, right? So, he's got a little – you know, he's he's dinged up a bit, right? But, um, uh, yeah, if if he's healthy – he can make that move. And, and and in the same way, I would throw all these guys almost in the same category, like Justin Herbert, who proved it last year, right? Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Trey Lance, Jordan Love, if given the opportunity, I think will also do pretty well, right? Um, these guys, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Um, Super Bowl picks. Uh, do you have a Super Bowl pick that you want to throw out there? Uh Oof, this is uh, a little tough. Obviously, the, you know, there are some favorites, right? Sure. You know, the the Bucks are still favored, correct? Yeah, the Bucks are still favored with Tom yeah. Brady. Tom Brady, Bucks are still favored. Um, they returned pretty much their entire squad from last year, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, they didn't do, they didn't they didn't tinker with it much. So, they're good. Let's see how they play. I mean, now that Drew Brees is not in that South division with them, right? Um, yeah. let's see. Let's see what happens. So, uh, you got the Bucks coming out of the NFC? Um, no, actually, I have the Packers coming out of the NFC. Okay. Because and I think, yeah, I think I think uh, Aaron Rodgers' fuck you revenge tour is going to continue from last year. All right. Oops. Good luck. And, and out of the AFC, I think I got um, – I'll have to go with, uh, I mean, the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, favorite. Well, so- we're not far off. I, I've gone back and forth on this. I still think the Chiefs, because of the revamped offensive line, I like them to still come out. Although I do think Buffalo and uh, Tennessee are going to give them all they want this year. Yeah, but, but I, I, th- I think even with those two teams giving them the, the you know, the full, the full nine, nine, you know, the full 10 yards, whatever you want to call it, the whole nine. Um, but th- these guys, you know, um, I still believe, I still believe that, to have enough juice in them to overcome. Okay. Well, I, I have the Chiefs and the Rams in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's my dark horse. Rams are my dark horse pick. And the reason why, because uh, I think Matty Stafford, bro, is great for Sean McVay. What Sean does with quarterbacks, what Jared Goff was unable to do, or not, sorry, not unable to do, not replicate after one year, because he did it good for one year. He's he been able to replicate it after that, because defense has caught on, but 
Stafford's a very a lot higher of an IQ quarterback than than Jared Goff. Better, much better quarterback than Jared Goff is. Yes, yeah, I, I mean five, multiple five thousand yard seasons, right? I think we talked about this last time as well. Bad Detroit teams, by the way. One of terrible Detroit teams. Terrible. Never had a running back, by the way, ever. And this year, he still doesn't have a running back per se. But it's split duties. He's got great receivers. That's what I like. He's, he's got, got Robert great. Woods, Cooper Cup. He's got two talented tight ends. Yeah. He's got Everett Higby. Yeah. But he's got Daryl Henderson. I think Henderson's going to be a decent back. Uh, he was drafted to be the guy, uh, and he hasn't really shown that yet. And can I, I see Stony Michelle taking that job at some point. But the, he might, but uh, you got to feel pretty good about Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson. Um, yeah, yeah, comparatively. Absolutely. You have two proven runners, in my opinion. You know? Yeah. Um, they're not, and they're not, they're not like complete jobs either. There's been games. I was looking at some game tape and and some uh, some stats. Sonny Michelle has given you uh, twenty carries, one hundred sixteen yards, and uh, one receiving touchdown and one uh, rush touchdown. Capable of big games still. Sure. Um. But yeah, I um sorry about that. I have something in my throat there. Um, I do think with Sean McVay with his coaching, I, I think. Uh, Stafford is going to finally have a coach that's an offensive kind of X's and O's guy. Tim Caldwell. That's going to tell your boyfriend not to interrupt you while you're on your podcast, right? What's that? That's going to tell your boyfriend not to interrupt you. You said you have wow. something in your throat, right? Oh, really? We're going to go there, huh? I see. Uh, all right, so now moving on, guys, uh, we wrap up the NFL. We'll have more next week with the kickoff of the season, especially next Friday after the Thursday night opener. Um, I also want to tell the audience, Monday night we won't have a show. It's Labor Day. Uh, I also have a fantasy football draft. Uh, we will probably be uh, moving the show to Tuesday again next week, uh, if that's okay with you, Sam. Uh, yeah, yeah, we could work that up. We'll also run through your roster on, on the show. We'll have, I'll have the draft on Monday. We can talk about it on Tuesday, a little fantasy talk before the kickoff of the season. Uh, but I want to get to the wrapping up of our best sports movie bracket. So I put our final four on the poll, and then I only let that stay until yesterday, and then I had the winners of the final four, uh, everybody vote. So we got our – we're going to wrap this up uh, real quick before we get to some final baseball talk before the end of our show. So – Friday Night Lights, remember the Titans. Remember the Titans goes over Friday Night yeah. Lights with 57% of the votes. Okay, okay. That was Jerry, what we guessed, right? What's that? You guessed that, correct? Yeah, you guessed that. And then we have Sandlot and Jerry Maguire. Sandlot going over Jerry Maguire with 53% of the votes. Wow, that is an upset. And remember the Titans beat Sandlot in our championship game, going in over Sandlot with 60% of the vote. Wow. So, Sandlot, tell me their seed again. Two seed. Okay. And remember the Titans was one. One and two. Okay. We had a one and two. Not bad. And Jeremy Maguire was what? Jeremy Maguire was a number six seed. And on the other side, Friday Night Night Lights was a 12 seed. So that was your 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 Cinderella story, right? Friday night lights is your is your. Okay. Jerry Maguire made it far though for six Not bad. Eh? Yeah, not bad. I actually thought Friday night lights would get to the. I thought they were going to lose in the Sweet Sixteen, the Field of Dreams, and then yeah, that was a major upset. Major upset. When they passed Field of Dreams, I was like, okay, all right, maybe they come out of this bracket, right? But. uh Especially when Raging Bull went down uh, early. They- oh, yeah, there was a lot of upsets where, like, you could see a team possibly going far and just it didn't go. Yeah, exactly. So, but so remember the Titans, the winner of our best sports movie bracket. We will be doing another bracket a couple weeks from now. Uh, we'll give you guys time to not have to vote on anything for a while, but we are going to do the most punchable face in sports next. That will be our next bracket challenge. Uh, so we'll be unveiling that uh, probably around uh, the holiday season. Uh, nothing gets you in the holiday mood uh, more than punching athletes in the face. So, um, well, I was going to ask you to throw one more one more thought. If it's uh, you know again, if you're open to it, would you like to create like a Marvel bracket, Marvel 
movie bracket? Or like a comic book movie bracket? A full comic book bracket. Yeah, DC and Marvel both. What what about other movies? Including Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, including Walking Dead, including... Walking Dead's not really a movie. Fine, let's take movies. Like The Watchmen and Spawn in that, because they're not really DC, Marvel. You know what I mean? They're kind of all shoots. They're different brands. I mean, in that same... You could probably put, like, Predator, really. Predator's a comic book, though. It wasn't based on the comic book. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So I mean, it, we'll we'll figure out the semantics. Yeah, we can right? workshop that later off air. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, real quick, we got about uh, four minutes left. Uh, give me Sam, and then I'll I'll answer with mine. Who is your NL MVP and AL MVP? I got to give me a little bit of time. Why don't you go through your AL and NL first, and then I'll go through mine. So AL MVP, I think it's easy, even though his team is not anywhere near the playoffs. I think you got to go Shohei Otani with what he's done. Um, basically, you know, carrying a, a you know near 3.0 ERA as well as leading the league in home runs. Uh, what he's doing this year is very special. We haven't seen anything like it since Babe Ruth, and that was back in you know 1918. Um, the game's changed a lot since then. So. AL, I got to go show a Otani. In the NL, to my boy, Joey Votto, man. He's got the Reds in the playoffs right now. Uh, he's tied for fifth in the league with 28 home runs. Uh, he's, he's having a gold glove caliber season. Uh, I, I, I Call me a homer, but I, I like Joey V uh, for NL MVP. Damn. Okay. Yep. Sorry, man. <laughs> Again, I was talking on mute. So I, I will have to go with Shohei on, on the AL side with you as well. Um, and, and the reason why is because he's been absolutely phenomenal. We've never seen uh, a season like this from uh, from pretty much anyone, have we? Yeah. You know, you remind me. You can let me know, like if you remember anyone that's been able to replicate that type of uh, that type of behavior, right? Yeah. Never pitching and uh, hitting, never. Not since favorite. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. Um, and then if you look at, like, what he's done for the game, he's actually changed a lot of, like, um, just the way you play the game and you look at it. Like, I'm sure there's going to be a wave of, like, like uh, dual pitcher-hitter players moving now slowly into the, into the league, you know, I think. Um, people will look towards that type of, uh, that type of, you know, um, trait, I I could say, you know, um, for the NL, who did you say? You said, you said you went with your, your good old Joey Votto, huh? Votto, yeah. I'm sorry. I'll have to go. I'll I'll probably have to go with the favorite on this one. I'm going with Fernando, man. All right. Tatis. Yep. I'm going with Fernando. He's had a, again, a phenomenal season as well. I think there's some, some, some contenders like, Trey Turner's had a good season as well, right? Um, yeah, I think wings. Buster Posey's had a good summer, a uh, good season as well. You know, Bryce yeah. um, Harper p- has picked it up as of late, right? Yeah, he's a little bit, but he's not anywhere near the leaderboard. In the no, 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 no. Are we doing Cy Young or no? Yeah, let's go Cy Young. Um, let's go. Young. Now, I'll give you my NL Cy Young uh, possible, uh, my choice. I like Zach Wheeler, man. Okay. Exactly. I like Walker Bueller from the Dodgers. Okay. He's third in the league in wins. Uh, he leads the league in earned run average, and he leads the league in quality starts this year. So Walker Bueller is my NL Cy Young. Cool. Uh, on the AL side, who do you got? On the AL side, it's a little bit closer. Um, no one is really running away with it, in my opinion. Uh, but the guy I like is Robbie Ray from Toronto. He's yeah. uh second in the league in strikeouts. He's second in the league in ERA. Um, he doesn't quite have the wins uh, that some of these other guys have. I like Lance Lynn as well. Lance Lynn's not bad. Uh, Obviously, you have Garrett Cole, right? Yeah, there's Garrett Cole, who's uh, high up in uh, in wins. But wins, to me, is the least effective stat uh, for a pitcher because, um, you know, you got guys that will pitch six innings, but if they're team only gives them one run in support, they might come out before, you know, picking up the win. So wins to me doesn't uh, carry as much weight as, like, strikeouts and ERA and quality starts. But, um, like, uh, if you look at, like, your war, 
um, Cole yeah. has has the highest. And your your boy Robbie Ray is right behind him. Yeah, uh, Robbie Ray actually Robbie Ray actually leads all Major League Baseball in WAR six point one. Wow. Garrett Cole is at five point four. Walker Buehler is third in Major League Baseball uh, with five point eight. So my two picks are in the top three as far as WAR goes for. Cool. Uh, awesome. Yeah. But that is our Friday show, guys. Uh, once again, we kind of ran out of time there. Uh, we love talking to you guys. Uh, we might have to start extending the show if we keep uh, getting more popular and, and learning about things to talk about. So, right. Also, I was going to tell you, I have a, a, a group of buddies out of Jersey that, that will probably incorporate them in some sort of conversation, perfect. maybe once a week type of deal. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, we are excited to uh, be talking with you. Once again, we'll be off Monday. Uh, we will be here uh, on uh, Tuesday. Uh, so everybody have a, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. And with that, we're Take out. Take us out, Harlem Heat.